I want to hear, I want people to send me demos. I want people to be involved with Rad Girlfriend Records as a community, not just fucking because I get the opportunity to put out a band that I know is going to sell records. You know, that's not what it's all about. And as long as I can maintain that, I'll still do it. But like the second that it becomes about money for me, I'm out. All right, Josh, how's it going? Welcome to the Question and the Answers podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. Yeah, it's it's a pleasure to talk with you. I, I appreciated having a little conversation before we got started. But so this is Josh Goldman, and he is the head of Rad Girlfriend Records out of Dayton, Ohio. He also is the guitarist and singer for the Raging Nathans. He also plays in the band The Dopamines, and he's been in a few other bands over the years as well. But yeah, man, I, I, w- I wanted to bring you on the podcast because you're doing a lot of really cool shit, man. I mean, Rad Girlfriend is really taking off and has been. I mean, you started the label back in 2011, so you've been around for about 10 years, right? That's right. Yeah. yeah. And, and and I mean, shit, I mean, you've been turning out album after album that's just been doing super well, like selling out a bunch of pre-orders and everything like that, like the new Mikey Erg. Um, you recently put out stuff by, um, you know, House Ghost dopamines records and i mean, just you're killing it dude congratulations thank you man yeah 20 2020 was um a really fortunate year for us in terms of uh releases best year we ever had but i also attribute that a little bit to um you know uh, like when all the bars shut down on in ohio on on in march of 2020 i i work at a bar and i've been there for like 12 years and I didn't really know what to do. I, I had to make like a split second decision because my kids, you know, I had, I had to figure out like childcare, you know, and because they're, they're little and or one of them's little. And so I took on employment, you know, and that turned into fucking, you know, 14 months. And so I actually had got, you know, I was at home every day and I was able to focus a lot on the record label and, you know, work every day and, and I, you know, so I, I attribute some of last year's or, you know, success of, the, of, of or our successful year um, to, to a, me being able to work um, on the label every day. And I'm a little I'm a little worried now that I'm back at work, you know, if I'm going to be able to find as much time, you know, I almost want to I almost want to quit my job and just work on the label full time. Huh. I mean, that would be, that would be either like the dream or like the burden of a lifetime, right? <laughs> well, I, I think it would be rad. It's just like, I, yeah, I don't know. It's, it would be a big step, but you can't really, can't really run a business if you don't focus on it, you know? That is true. I mean, you know, much, much like for you, sell the heart, um, you know, this last year was easily the best year in our existence, you know, I mean, and you know, we didn't have like nearly as many records that we released as you did in terms of volume or quantity. But um, at the same time, like, I think you're right in that, you know, with not having as many, I guess, normal everyday distractions. I mean, I was employed, you know, I was grateful to have my, my job that entire time. But, you know, because I wasn't going to shows all the time and like I didn't have anything with the band going on or any other like normal distractions, I could focus more attention to the label. And mm-hmm. you know, I think that that did help as well. So yeah, I, I think you're totally right with that. But yeah, um, for sure. Uh, nothing. It's just, yeah, we got lucky too. Cause it's like, 
you know, we've always put out a lot of records. That was, that was like our thing at the, at the beginning. It was like, I just wanted to put out as many records as we could for our friends. And I wanted them all to be good, you know, don't get me wrong. But like, I remember I, at the beginning, I had wanted to build up a distro. So like we, we did like three or four records right when we first started that way, like when I contacted other labels, I could like actually have stuff to trade with them. And as the years have gone by, I find that like a lot of a lot of like the projects that, that you do for your friends or like, you know, personal things that you love is it. Um, I don't know, man, it's I, the choosing more more carefully the records that we put out and then putting the time into them to promote the record properly or at least as well as i can um has has helped out in in terms of like selling records you know what i mean right yeah uh i mean anytime that you're getting into bed with another band um you know there's so many different factors that go into like how you decide you know which bands you're going to work with and like speak about maybe your your process with that like i mean I'd imagine that, you know, you being in, in a couple of bands that have done a lot of touring and like, you know, for many years, like a lot of that's just through like just normal everyday connections. But I mean, how do you, how do you typically decide which bands you're going to work with? Yeah, that's like, you know, most of it is just my friends, man, or bands that I've toured with. I can't, um, I can't tell you enough, like how many opportunities I've received um, from uh, the people that I've toured with every time that I, you know, I've been fortunate enough to, I, there were a couple of years where I was like filling in for a lot of bands and um, you know, I got to play with, I got to play guitar for iron Sheik for two months. I, I, you know, I feel, I played bass in the queers for a couple of years, you know, on the road I played with, I've been playing with the slow death for like nine years, you know, or 10 years or something like that. Um, I, you know, I've, filled in for direct hit you know like i've been really fortunate to play and i'm not even like that i'm not i'm not even like a good musician i'm just like rely i'm just reliable you know like they I, I feel like people knew that if they asked me to do something i'd be there um you know i played guitar in the nobodies for a while like and through those experiences you know i was able to make friends with people and be like, Hey, let's like, if you ever want to do a record, let's do a record. And so that's opened up a lot of, um, possibilities. Yeah. I mean, most of it's just my friends, dude, or people that you meet. It's very, very rare that I'll put out a record of somebody I don't know. You know, um, it happens. It's been happening a little bit more with, um, working with Graham from little rocket, like some of the bands. Um, I don't, I don't personally know all the people like I usually do in, um, in bands, but, uh, yeah, that's really the process, dude. It's like, I, the whole thing was, I always wanted to be, I always wanted to help my friends. I always wanted to put out my friends records. And I think after a while, rad girlfriend has turned into a stepping stone for certain acts to, further pursue where they're gonna go you know and I'm okay with that I in fact I you know I'm always so stoked when you know somebody goes on to do something better um or not better but you know better for them um because I'm always honest about what you know rad girlfriend can actually do 
as a label for a band you know what i mean like some uh, some things like we can help really well with and other things just are off the table like i can't give you any money for touring or anything you know what i mean and yeah i think just like being honest and on the same page with people and um doing a good job um you know the word gets around so it's like i think that we were sought after by 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 people or they trust they trust that you're going to do a good job sure. and i you know i try to i try to live up to that reputation Totally. Yeah. I mean, I, I know that, uh, speaking for myself, like, you know, that's a similar type of vibe that I try to give back to the bands that I'm working with where it's like, Hey, like, you know, I understand what it's like to be in a band and I understand what it's like to not always have like that extra set of hands that are helping with like the record release process and like distribution and like, you know, getting all that stuff done. So I want to be able to provide that for the bands that I, I care about and like bands that I think are worth doing that for because you know um not every band is going to just always attract you know uh other labels but you know in, in my opinion like every band that i've worked with ha has mattered enough to me where i'm like dude like no you're you're a good band like i like what you're doing and like i think that you deserve to have a little bit of like help so you know that's uh that's pretty cool and sometimes it's amazing what happens if you just ask you know like uh True. you know I, i've had records that I wanted to do and I just on a whim and like it just I shot somebody an email and with zero expectation of it actually happening and then them going yeah sounds fun let's do it you know and when that happens that's very cool totally yeah I've, I've had a couple of experiences like that as well like uh, a few years back I, I put out this Fugazi tribute album that you know was a thing that I wanted to do for a really long time and I just, I was afraid to pull the trigger because I knew that there was like a lot of pressure, you know, because, you know, Fugazi is Fugazi and like, whether or not you like Fugazi or not, it's like, to me, they're like this really important band, you know? And, mm -hmm. you know, it finally, like, I, I, I asked some bands who I thought might be good to have on the record and everyone was like, dude, no, you should totally do this. Like you should do this. And then, you know, you know, was able to finally pull it off. So that was really cool. But it is like this weird, like intimidating, like experience where you're like, okay, well, God, should I do it? And it's like, yes, the answer is just yes, just do it, dude. Just like, I, yeah. I mean, the most, <clears throat> the most important thing for me in starting the record label was I, I want to stay true to my DIY roots and and like i just never want to be a fucking asshole dude you know that's like that's a huge thing for me it's like i i can't stand people who think that they're better than other people and and i just always wanted to treat everybody you know how i how i wanted to be treated and um that's just something that i keep in mind with every release and every you know i i i just yeah, I, I just I'm, I I want to be approachable. I want I don't want it to be like a fucking like a like a business or, or like something weird. You know, I'm just not that kind of person. Like you can anybody in any of those bands can call me up at any time and talk to me about anything they want. You know, and so I just think I think that's really important for me is is just to like never um, get too big for my britches, no matter like how many 
how many, you know, copies of a record I sell or like, you know, I, I, I'll tell you, I think where I'm, I forgot where I was going with that, but I remember now, um, we get demo submissions all the time. And when I was starting the label, I remember that I had reached out to Dave disorder from ADD because he had said something about like how, you know, like, like all the, all the demos that people send him like suck or like, or like they should stop sending the record label demos or something. And I was like, and I remember writing him and not, not like condescendingly, but I, I truly was like, like, well, dude, like, don't like, really like why I didn't understand that, you know, cause I, I didn't understand how the, how he was putting out records. And I was like, you really don't want people sending you demos. And he was like, he goes, no, dude, he goes, it's not that. It's just that like, I've never actually put out a record from a demo that someone sent me, you know what I mean? And so like when he framed it like that, I was like, well, that makes more sense. And so as the years went by, I find that to be true as well, that I've focused more on putting out records that I want to put out and less on like, you know, taking a chance on some band that's just, you know, emails you out of the blue. And so, but, but like, part of the reason that we started the label was because I wanted, you know, we used to put in razor cake and all of our ads, we used to put, send us your demos. Cause I like hearing what's out there. And I've kind of thought that it was like contradictory of me to do that and then never do anything with these people's demos. It's like, well, if you're not going to put out my record, then why the fuck should I send you my demo? You know? And so we had this, I, Brandy, my wife came up with the idea. She was like, well, why don't you take all those demos that people sent you and make a comp of it? And like, and then like the, the gears start turning. Right. And so I fucking, I, I, I went through the last year of emails of like people who had sent us demos and I contacted all of them. And I was like, Hey, give me three songs. Let me choose which one I like. And we're going to make a fucking 30 song sampler of people that I can't you know that I can't put your record out but you know what I can do is I can get you involved in this label I can keep it punk as fuck DIY and I'm and and what I did was I made it free like I made those CDs and I put one in every order Mm -hmm. you know and I just gave it away because and I felt like that was paying a little bit of service. Like, I'm not like, I'm not like tooting my own horn. I just think that like, there are ways that you can keep yourself active in like, and give back to like a punk rock community that has, you know, provided me with so much. And, and that was like, I felt good about myself and the label doing that because, and it's something I want to continue doing because I want to hear, I want people to send me demos. I want people to be involved with rad girlfriend records as a community, not just fucking because I get the opportunity to put out a band that I know is going to sell records. You know, that's not what it's all about. And as long as I can maintain that, I'll still do it. But like the second that it becomes about money for me, I'm out. Cause that's not, you know, that's not why I do it. Yeah, I, I I remember when you mentioned uh, doing that 
project with like all of those demos. And I thought that that was just awesome, man. And like, you're right. Like that is like a, a really simple way to kind of, you know, bring that community aspect back to what it is that you're doing. Um, and from your all those standpoint. bands were yeah. stoked. Yeah. All those bands were stoked, you know? And it was like, they know that like, that, that I'm not like putting out their seven inch. I'm not putting out an LP, but it's like, Hey, here's this label that I like. And, um, cause I, you know, like the worst part is about it. And I said, said it before is I like, I know what it's like for fucking beat to be ignored, to not be the cool band, to not be the fucking band that like people give a shit about, even if you're good. It's just like, you know, most of this shit is like right place, the right time. You're lucky. Like, you know, who knows why fucking bands blow up? Cause I can tell you, I could give you for every one band that is, is, is blown up right now and selling a ton of records and going on big tours. I can give you five other bands that have equally as great songs that no one will ever hear. You know what I mean? So it's like, there's no rhyme or reason to it. I don't think. And I think those bands, I hope that they got what I was trying to do because I, you know, it's like, I'm going to try and pay service to them in a, in any, in some way, you know? Right. No, I, I think that's great, man. Um, uh, I, I, I really wish that more, I mean, there are some labels who are doing similar things like that. Um, but I, I really do wish that more labels would take on doing something like that as well, because, you know, like, like personally, I only, I only get like a few unsolicited, you know, demos or emails, like, you know, every few months or something like that. And, you know, I too, uh, well, no, that's not true. Like I actually have released stuff through that before so it has it has actually worked out in that way for me mm -hmm. um but it is certainly the exception to the rule you know um yeah for like sure more more often than not like it's more like oh like i like your band i'm gonna reach out to you and like hey let's let's well, start a conversation well yeah. i'll give you an example i remember i got one of those emails from from that band not on tour mm. this was a couple of years ago and at the time i didn't have any money so i couldn't do it but like they had literally sent me a demo like hey you know, we want to, like, we think Rad Girlfriend's cool. Like, would you be interested in doing it? And I don't know where, I think that they went on. I mean, they're a pretty big band. We, I mean, we played with them in France and like, you know, people were like going crazy. And so I wish I would have hopped on that one, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, at the time it wasn't, you know, it wasn't cause like, Oh, this is a demo. It was just like, I literally didn't have money to do it. Right. Yeah, th th there's there's been a couple of times where there's been bands that I've, you know, talked to and it just didn't really work out. And yeah, unfortunately, you know, oh, it's like that could have been a good one. But, you know, hey, but live and learn, you know. But um, yeah, yeah I wanted you can't, to... can't win them all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, what uh, I know that like the, the most recent uh, album that you're going to be putting out is the new Raging Nathan's uh, record, which you just dropped a, a new the first single from it, correct? uh the the third single just oh, came the third out single. Okay. today yeah actually oh okay yeah uh so tell me a little bit about the raging nathans like so when did that band come together uh we've been a band for a long time man um probably 2009 um i was playing in a band called rad company that had done a lot of like touring and a lot of seven inches and um really like unique band that i wish had done more but i think like we suffered from at the time like not being like accepted by the scene mm. and um i think that um 
fucked us up. You know what I mean? I was like, cause you're touring for a really long time. And like, we played with great bands, but like no record, which is actually why I started rag girlfriend. Cause no, no label at the time would help us out. So mm-hmm. like, you know, the first, the first rad girlfriend stuff was all rad company stuff. But at that time, um, I remember we, there was this all ages uh, collective called the Dayton Dirt Collective on Third Street, um, and um, Nick uh, Hamby, who plays guitar in the Nathans, um, him and this guy Derek Brown, they were standing outside. I forget what show it was, and I had overheard them talking about um, wanting to be in this kind, <clears throat> this kind of band, and I was like. Oh, I was like, that sounds good. I was like, hey, I, I literally went up to them. I was like, hey, I, I was like, I'd be in that band with you. And they were both like, oh, cool. So the next day we met up at Derek's mom's house and um, wrote two songs or three songs. And um, one of which ended up on the um, on the first Nathan's seven inch and actually the first record. Um, but yeah, so that's how it started. It was me, Nick and Derek. Derek played bass and um, who Derek was also in in Rad Company too. It was uh, Dayton's really small, so like there was a lot of people going on. And Nick was in great bands. He was in this band called Sock and um, Big Wooly, and like you know he's like one of these dudes that that um, anything he writes is like fucking gold. You know, and it kind of pisses me off. He's like because he can play he can play drums, he can play guitar, you do you know you do whatever the fuck, and like every song that he writes is like good. Um, so yeah, we 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 started the band but we really didn't do anything for many years. Like, so 2010, we put out a demo. Um, I, I think we played some fests, like, I want to say Pooza Fest. I mean, we did a couple things, you know, but it had taken a really backseat to Rad Company because at that time I was really focused. I'd spent so much time in that band. I was really trying to make it work. Mm-hmm. And so the Nathans were just something that I thought of was like, you know, a side project. Now, once Rad Company broke up, um, I started focusing more on the Nathans. We put out our first seven inch in 2012, and then we didn't put out a record till 2014. And then it was fucking four years after that before we put out another record. Mm. So, like, there was all this time. We've been a band for a long time, but it's really only been like fucking go, go, go since, you know. I guess after we put out that first record in 2014, Mm. you know, um, but we put out a whole bunch of fucking seven inches, man. You know, we're still putting out like a ridiculous amount of seven inches. I don't know why (laughs) I like, I like doing it. It's fun. Um, But yeah, so that's how it started. And, and so we, we did, um, we did, Losing it was our first record, and we recorded that with um, Micah Carley, who you, you know he he used to be in Hawthorne Heights, mm. um, but he's a Dayton guy, so he had a studio in Dayton, and um, you know I remember like that was cool because Mickey from um, I don't know if you ever heard like uh, New Creases or Nervosas, um, but Nervosa's she was familiar. yeah yeah they were they were pretty. There were I, I think they put out a record on Dirt Nap, but she was a friend of ours. She came down and sang on the record at the time, and and then in 2018 we recorded Cheap Fame, which was the second record, and we got Winston Smith to do the art. Um, 
and then like he you know so you're i mean you're in the you're in the bay and uh you know when we were out in san francisco he invited us to his studio and we fucking hung out and shot the shit i mean he was awesome um but that we we, we recorded that one with matt yonker from uh teen idols and less than jake and then we did uh oppositional defiance which came out last in 2020 it came out july of 2020 and we did that one with matt also and then we did waste my heart which is about to come out um with luke mcneil and um yeah and then and then we're here again right now recording another record called uh hate cops um (laughs) Is it a seven inch or a full length? No, no, it's a full length. We're 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 doing fifteen songs. Wow. Yeah. That's killing. Yeah, I'm really excited. I mean, really happy like with how things are going. I, I actually I haven't announced it yet. Um, but like, you know, like we have a split seven inch at the plant right now with the dwarves. And um we're doing a split with DFL. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, you know, we've been really like, I don't know, dude. We've for being like the band that like can't get on a tour we've done a lot of cool shit when it comes like we did a split with um we did a split with the nobodies we did a split with john cougar concentration camp we did a split with the slow death you know like we've had a lot of cool um cool cool records and a lot of people that we've made friends with that like our personal um you know, not heroes, but like, you know, bands that we looked up to, you know? Sure. Yeah. I mean, well, John Cougar concentration camp and like nobodies like DFL. I mean, they're, I wouldn't call them like necessarily the old guard, but I mean, like they're, they're a little bit older in terms of, you know, bands that have been around, you know? Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, they, I think they definitely are, you know, like, well, and it was cool. Like, like John Cougar, that was the first record that they had put. We did a seven inch of theirs right before then and that was the first record that they had put out in fucking you know 20 17 years or something right um and then you know chris fields became a buddy of mine and um travis actually just passed away Mm. uh he had brain cancer but um all those guys were fucking great man you know and and um yeah we we've just been really fortunate in terms of having the record label because it's like you know what dude i don't care like no one wants to put out my record i'm gonna put out my own fucking records and i'm gonna do whatever i want and if if you know like i'm just i've reached a point with this band where it's like i'm not going to sit around and wait for shit to happen i'm not gonna wait for people to ask me to open their fucking tours for them like i i I spent 15 years doing that, that shit you know what i mean and it's like but what I will do is put out more records and better records than fucking anybody else. Cause I like, I'm sorry, man. There's a ton of bands out right now. And like, they're just not all of them are very good, you know? And I'm not saying that like, we're a great band, but at, at least we work hard and, and, and there's something to be said for that. Yeah. I mean, taste is obviously, you know, relative and uh, I, I don't disagree with that statement. I mean, I, I do think that there are, a lot of bands out there that, you know, just aren't really that great. They don't really ring my bell, you know? I mean, they're perfectly fine yeah. bands. Like, they, you know, they're writing perfectly fine music, but I don't know, man. Like, 
it's been a it's I think it's been a while since I've seen a steady string of really interesting bands, you know, like like new like, stuff, you know. I can't even think the last time I fucking turned something on and it gave me goosebumps, you know, like we're we're like like all these bands that are out right now they're all great musicians, right? All these bands are fucking they all have the top recordings and like everything sounds tight, but like after I and I give everything a chance, man. I listen to everything. Right. But like the difference is is it if I don't remember what I just listened to, you know. And I don't know if that's just me being cynical or like but like I really try to give things a chance and then when I don't like it, I give it a second chance because I literally think to myself, "Oh, you're just being a fucking jerk." You know what I mean? Right. And then I listen to it again and and I know I'm not going to like say the band's name but but like one time so I bought this record as band with everyone everyone loved this record. I put on this record and I'm like this sucks. And I'm like you're being a fucking dickhead. Put the record on again. Give it a chance. I'm cleaning the house, right? <laughs> I put on the record and my wife comes downstairs and she goes what the fuck are you listening to? <laughs> and I was just like, okay, thank you. Okay. Not it's not just me. No, yeah. this record sucks. Fuck you guys. Um, yeah. So that was, that was funny. <laughs> no, I, I, you know, you, you touch on something that I think is really um, an interesting subject because, you know, it, it's, it is easy to just write off, you know, something when you've heard it and like, maybe, you know, let's say hypothetically, you know, a new single drops, you get the announcement for it. It's a band that maybe you either know personally or like, you know, maybe you've heard of in the pipeline or like this. You're like, yeah, I'll give it a check, check it out. And then you listen to it. And then 30 seconds in, you're like, like, I don't like this, you know? And then do you just write it off and just say, forget it? Or do you do like what you do, which is like, you know what? No, I'm going to give it another honest listen. I'm going to, you know, I'm, I don't want to be like that cynical, you know, old fart who's set in my ways, you know, who like thinks that he knows what's good and what's not, you know? And honestly, I think more people should do that because there is good music out there. And I think part of it is like this whole, oh, we're a little bit older. We've listened to a million fucking songs. You know, we think we well, know it's good, but it, it reminds me of that like South Park episode, you know, where Randy's like listening to Stan's music and it all just sounds like farts. He's like, <laughs> and, and, you know, and, and, and Sharon comes in and, he's like you just don't understand and meanwhile like he's trying to listen to the music and it's all like <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's how i feel like because like i'm not like i don't want to be one of those guys that's like music was better in my fucking day but like right like dude look i'm i'm a fan of the classics man you know like my favorite like i'm a punk rocker i like punk rock music and i hate the term pop punk it drives me crazy <laughs> i don't fucking like pop punk i don't listen to pop punk and I don't like it when the Raging Nathans get fucking, you know, considered to be a pop punk band. Um, I like melodic punk. I like the Dead Kennedys and I like the Ramones and I love the Misfits. And um, my favorite shit is like L.A. hardcore from the early 80s. You know, like I like the Circle Jerks and I like Fear and I like TSOL. And I, you know what I mean? Like I am a fucking and I mean, there was like a period where I really, was like really loved East Bay you know like all the lookout stuff too um and when i say i don't listen to pop punk there are absolutely 
songs and bands that I love. You know what I mean? That, sure. But but like as a fucking genre, as a because there was a time and a place for it, right? Like you can't compare lookout material to anything that's being done today. I, I it's just they're not in the same fucking cat. Like you can't compare MTX to like anything new. It just doesn't have the same feeling because I think a lot of a lot of labels and a lot of bands and scenes capture a time and a place. And like now everything is so watered down, dude, you know, it's, and and what I'm really looking for is like something unique. And I, I very rarely find, I think the last great band that I, that I think that I truly think is fucking great is like the creeps. Mm. You know, I, I love those records and I don't know, maybe I'm, I, I really am going to come off sounding like, like some fucking, you know, dick, but like, I, 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 I just haven't, I don't hear much that just like really grabs me and fucking, you know, like, I don't know. Yeah. Well, Hey man, honestly, I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. I mean, like you, you like what you like and you know, other people will probably disagree with you. I mean, they'll, they'll be like, well, no, dude, have you heard this? Have you heard like, this is awesome. This is awesome. Yeah. And I'll be like, no, this sucks. Yeah. Well, but the thing <laughs> is, is like, everyone's correct in that though. Like it, yeah. in my opinion, like just because you haven't had your, your bell rung by something doesn't mean that stuff isn't good. Like it's all, it's all like relative, you know? Yeah. And, and I, and I stopped making fun of people for what they listened to a long time ago, because what I realized is whether I like it or not, music is something that makes people happy. And if music makes you happy, then that makes me happy. It's making the world a better place. So I don't care what you're listening to as long as it's, as long as it's bringing you joy like good that's what it's supposed to do and so i i will never judge well i'll never judge you out loud for (laughs) for what you listen to but well sure and you know i think i think it's fine to be honest with yourself in regards to like what you like and what your preference is i mean i think the major difference though is that like 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 what you mentioned is like you don't want to be a dick about it like you don't want to be like you guys suck and you're garbage you need to give up like like who would say that to somebody like well you you save that kind of talk for the van you know what i mean (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know amongst amongst your your band members (laughs) yeah you you don't you don't say that to like anyone's face you say that to 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 the van but um but yeah no you're right because like what's the point why would you do why you know you don't need to shit on someone else's hard work right or 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 like they're just trying to do what you're trying to do you know what i mean and and, and whether you like it or not has no bearing on you know how hard they're they're busting their ass to write songs you know right Uh, and 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 you you touched on it. it's like dude it comes down to like how the music makes you feel you know like it can it can be super simple three chord punk or it could be this crazy like jazz fusion hardcore thing like what you know refuse was trying to do or like dillinger escape plan or like some weird you know stuff and still that brings you like some level of joy but other people are gonna be like this just sounds like noise and farts you know so yeah well and 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 on the dude fuck listen i i think calculating infinity is a fucking fantastic record right but like and, and and the next one with Mike Patton, but like, can I listen to the the one after that? I'm like, no, this is terrible. Mm-hmm. I actually so there's there's a period of time where I 
I really enjoyed some of that. Now that was called metalcore when mm-hmm. I was fucking growing. It was like 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 the post hardcore scene. Now it wasn't post. I like I, I don't know, I hate labels, but anyway, when it's when I say metalcore, I'm not talking about bands like The Devil Wears Prada. I'm talking about Caven, Converge, mm-hmm. fucking you know Poison the Well. Now I really I enjoyed a lot of those bands because when I was growing up, those were some of the first shows that I had saw, and and back then, all those bands played together. So you would go see fucking those bands play with emo bands who were also playing with a punk band opening and there was no division right it was like right. you played with, with with all those bands but at the same time like so i can say this dillinger escape plan record i really liked and then this one i think is like awful um and sounds like noise or like i love the first two Caven records but then like when they started like singing and shit you know i'm like eh, i'm not you know this is not for me um and yeah, so uh, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it's all relative, man. Um, I wanted to ask you. So, you know, you're from Ohio, and you lived the, you've lived there your whole life. No, I'm from I'm from Buffalo, actually. Oh, okay. But but, but you lived you lived in Ohio for how long? For quite some time. For twenty, since I was like twelve or thirteen. Oh, okay. Because that's like an area that I, I have very little, you know, knowledge of. I, I've, I've been to Ohio once um, or was it twice. I think we, no, we, yeah, we played two shows through Ohio. We played in uh, Columbus and uh, we did play, was it Cleveland? Fuck, it was two places in Ohio. And, mm-hmm. but that's, that's the only other time that I've ever been there. So I, I, I don't know, like, what's, what's the scene out there like? I mean, like, what was it like when you were, like, I guess, first living out there? And, like, how has that kind of evolved or changed over the years, you know? Um, so before my time there, it, it, Dayton in particular was rad, man. I mean, so you had, like, you had all sorts of fucking cool punk bands. It, Dayton was, like, a destination, you know, like, um, back, back in the 90s all the bands came through because there's like, you know, it's like a perfect, if you have the perfect storm of like the, a good venue and the right promoter, right. Like a guy who who's, who's willing to bring in those bands and and plus times were different back then. But so every band that you could possibly think of, like, you know, used to come to, to Dayton. In fact, like there's this crazy, there's a crazy, like, you know, Green Day played there fucking, um, you know, Guar like, and now Dayton gets skipped over because, there's nobody, you know, they think that, and actually nobody even really goes to Cincinnati or Columbus, like any big tour, like, like rock stars and shit, they only go to Cleveland. Hmm. Um, and I don't know why, cause, but all right, anyway, but Dayton was, um, date and guided by voices is from Dayton, you know, and they were part of the, uh, part of that kind of like putting it on the map a little bit brainiac the breeders you know the ohio players like dayton has a kind of a cool history although like you know in comparison like to like new york city you're not getting it's like nothing but you know for your little town that's cool um and when i was playing in bands growing up there it was cool because everyone was in their fucking late teens and their 20s and um we had started that that collective and they were all you know they were always we were and and we were always bringing bands through i mean so you were in tsunami bomb right 
Uh, yeah, so I play in Tsunami Bomb. I'm not an original member, but I've been playing with them for the last like three and a half years. Yeah. So, so like I remember we brought like one, sh- like one basement show that we had was like nothing tin off with their heads, uh, Joe Jack, Talcum from the dead, or no, the low budgets, and um, somebody else. But like, yeah, so I met Jay um, Northington that night, and like he told me that he used to be in Tsunami Bomb. Am I? is that correct yeah that's right so you know it's like a small small fucking world man you know but all all those i I met so many cool people and then what happened is like everyone gets a little bit older they start having kids and like the 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 scene becomes less of a priority to people like they're not lifers like you know and uh it's like, fuck, man, I had kids and just started going harder. You know what I mean? I, I, I think that I'm fortunate with my family life and like my wife and like I've built a lifestyle that allows me to do the things that I want. But the scene in Dayton has really suffered. There's, and then like the last five years, it was just like, it's been a fucking nightmare because everybody still wants to come to Dayton because they know that I work at Blind Bob's. And they know I'm going to fucking book them a show and they're going to get paid and they're going to get fucked up and they're going to have a great time and I'm going to take care of them. But at the same time, it's like, you know, if it's not me, then it's Nick. And we're all like, there's only like, there's no bands that I can put on these shows. Uh, and, and, and like, it just puts you in this rut where like, you're just constantly playing shows because you're bringing bands through, you know what I mean? And, it, it um it, it got really tiring and, and kind of I, I started to resent it at the end um before the pandemic and I'm I, I haven't decided like how I'm gonna go about that now that things are starting to reopen because there's you know the problem is I'm trying to find young kids man you know and I don't know how to reach like I, I used to be the young kid and then all of a sudden I woke up one day and I'm fucking 30 something. And I'm like, what the fuck happened? And like, what? Like now I used to throw the house shows, the crazy fucking house shows. And like, I can't do that anymore. But like, what am I going to do? I'm going to show up to some fucking 20 year old kids house party and be that guy. You know, I don't want to do that. Although I will say you, you always, a, a good, a good house show always needs a fucking old punk rock dude around. Right. You know, to keep to <laughs> yeah. keep away some of the fucking bad guys. True. I had I used to have, you know, I my friend Billy Franklin, man, Billy Maggot, and he was older than everybody. And he'd always be at the shows. And it was never weird, but he was definitely the old fucking punk rock guy that like you're not gonna fuck anything up while Billy's standing there. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Um, but so then Columbus, I never really had good shows in Columbus, but like yeah, there used to be the monster house where, you know, like, like Columbus had delay. I don't know if you ever heard that band, but um, no. that's a band definitely absolutely worth, worth getting off here and going and listening to. Um, and, you know, there, there were a couple of houses and then there's like a famous house, the Legion of doom um, in Columbus that, uh, you know, is more famous for like crust shows and like, like a little, like, like punk punk shows. And <laughs> the last time I was there, I saw like, Appalachian terror unit mm-hmm. and um basement shows and there was um there used to be this bar called bernie's 
that was a basement bar on high street um like the queers recorded a live record there called called weekend at bernie's but i mean (laughs) everybody's played there man i mean i saw you know tons of bands played played there that's not around anymore then there was this place called the cara bar that was where we did have a, a few years of really good shows at the cara bar um and then jared our second bass player he lived in uh the 15th house Hmm. which did shows and there's actually a really pretty pretty infamous story about so it was like rad company the dopamines new creases this band best friends and uh fuck i don't know one other one other band and these like these like juggalo dudes came to the party and like stabbed this kid and then like shot the shot the place up. Wow. And so I, I think Mitch Clem or maybe not Mitch Clem, somebody did like a cartoon about it. I mean, totally inaccurate, but you know, they smashed out like our windshield and the dopamine's windshield. Like it was like a pretty wild night, man. Um but like you if you if you like google that you you can find people talking about that particular show um but anyway so those were all places that we played in columbus and none of them around anymore man you know and and the last time we played columbus with hospital job and uh the drowns Mm -hmm. the show fucking sucked dude you know yeah i'm like i knew the show was gonna suck because it was in columbus and they fucking you know the bartender Nobody, there was no money. And I looked at the bartender, I'm like, are you fucking kidding me, man? Like, come on, dude. He like gave us 40 bucks out of his own, out of the till, you know, to, to, wow. to, to, to try to do the right thing. Um, yeah. So Columbus is like pretty much dead. And then, um, Cleveland, there's now that's class. It's like, it's like a bar that's run by, by Paul from the, the inmates. I don't know if you ever heard that band. No. Um, you should check them out. Um, and that, that, I mean, that place was always cool, man. Like they sell mad dog 2020, like bottles of it. They used to have ramps and shit in there that you could skate. It's just like a real dive, like, like CD bar that did great punk shows. And there was like the Beachland ballroom and, um, the grog shop was in Cleveland. I, but like a lot of these places aren't even around anymore. There's like, no dude, there is no scene anymore. And if there is, I don't know about it. And, and it's like, that makes me feel even fucking crazier because it's like, are there 20 year old kids that are ripping punk shows that I don't know about? And if there are that, that I'm, I'm going to cry when I find that out because I, you know, shit is my life, dude. And I hate to see fuck, but like 20 year old kids aren't listening to punk rock. That's, that's, that's just the fucking truth. There might be like one or two of them, but they're uh, at least where, you know, they're, they're just listening to, you know, whatever Harry Styles or Billie Eilish or like whatever the fuck, they're not the Tame and Paula. I don't know. They're not listening to fucking Bad Religion and fucking, you know, the Circle Jerks like I was. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that there's, I think that there's still there still are, um, but I think it's just a lower percentage of the the population within those age groups, um, and I think that's that's what's happening is that, you know, you. Um, because what I'm not sure how old you are. Like I'm 42, and like you know, when I was in high school and like junior high, you know, punk rock was kind of just starting to kind of get that resurgence again. You know, like you had mm-hmm. you know, obviously Nirvana broke, and then that kind of opened the floodgates, and you had like Bad Religion blew up, Offspring blew up, and like Rancid, and like you know, uh, you had bands like Fugazi and stuff. But 
you know, it really just kind of brought this attention to punk rock as a genre again. And then obviously that blows that blossomed up to like all the subgenres and like it warp tour happened and like riot fest and like all that stuff happened, et cetera. But it's been like 25 years. I mean, that's a long time for that stuff to have like gone through that cycle of being in the limelight. And it's not that it's still not in the limelight, but I think that like, like somebody I know mentioned it today. It's like, we see these, these lineups at like riot fest with like these huge bands that we all know and we all love. And like, we'd love to see, but it's like, I don't know. Sometimes those lineups kind of look stale, you know? Like, I don't want to go. I don't want to go to that shit. I don't want to see. I don't want to see the descendants in with 17,000 other people. Right. That, you know what I mean? Like I, I, I'm not like, I, I miss the days of like going to small clubs and maybe like punk rock is, you know, I, I know things go in cycles, mm -hmm. but I also think that like the, originality of it and like the core of the feeling of like creating something to create with your friends and you're not doing it for um clout and you're not doing it to try to get signed to a label you're you're in a band because you're young and you're pissed off and you don't even know what you're doing you don't care i think those days are gone man i, I like i really i don't think like when i listen to new bands i don't i don't get that sense of like urgency or like angst or like or just like not giving a fuck you know what i mean like i get this like really structured well put together shit and like for me i don't care what music how, how it's recorded or like how it sounds i care about like the songs right so it's like dude you know the misfits are one of my favorite bands and like the musicianship sucks, dude, but that's not what matters at all. Right. The songs are good. The songs are great. Right. And so I think that, I think that's missing from the younger gener generation of kids putting out punk rock records. It's like, there needs to be, I think there's a less, less feeling of urgency and more of a, let's start this band to see where it can get us. And, um, I don't know. And look, when I say that, I mean, I, I could, I'm just talking out my ass, man. I have no fucking idea, you know, what kids are in their garage doing. And, and I, and I hope, I hope to, you know, to God that they're fucking they're that there's, they're playing rock and roll to, to just have fun. You know, yeah. I just see so much like ladder climbing circle jerking bullshit. Like he was like, every time I'm backstage at a fucking festival or a show and it's just like these people, and these mediocre fucking bands that are successful that are just jerking each other off. And I just like, not for me, man. I, I, I want to, I want to hear some, like, I, I want to hear some young kids just doing it to fucking do it, dude. You know, I not about, I don't want to talk about like markets or like, <laughs> you know, yeah. Or, or like how many, how many people paid at the door or like, it just loses it it starts to degrade my sense of like what this is all about you know and no matter and that's why i really try to th i think about this every day this is so punk rock is so important to me and and i think about it and i and i and i constantly and i just need to i i always try to maintain that sense of keeping it important to me 
And if I ever catch myself talking about A markets and B markets, I'll put a fucking gun in my mouth. You know, like that's not like, that's not why I do this. I mean, I know that's extreme, but no, I'm I know, just, I, you know I, I know what you mean. Yeah. Like I'm not, I, I, I won't ever do it. I will not become that person. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I appreciate that, that you have that mentality of it. Cause I mean, you know, it is important. Like it is important to kind of hold true to like the value system that you have created for yourself. And like, if that comes from like a DIY ethic and like a spirit of doing it because you feel like you need to do it versus like feeling like you're doing it because you need to get to the next level of like the ladder, then I think that that's awesome. I mean, cause yeah, I, I definitely see that where you're coming from with that. Like I, I see that too, where I see bands who are chasing likes on Instagram and chasing likes yeah. and follows and stuff like that. And it's like, dude, you know, where's the heart? It. Like where's, yeah, the, where's, the, where's heart? the soul? Like there's no soul and, in this. You know? And also it's detrimental to me in terms of like, well, my attitude is going to prevent me from reaching probably a further you know success on that ladder because if i'm not willing to play that game at all well they're not you know life just doesn't yeah life hands some people things but it, it ain't me you know what i mean so i you know I, I feel bad dude i do these things and I, don't, I don't mean to come off as such a curmudgeon i'm not i'm really not it's just that, like no. this shit is really important to me i i love records i love putting out records and i love seeing people play music and it's very easy for me to get caught up in like, you know, I, you know, I don't, I don't like this band or like this band sucks or whatever, but like, I'll tell you this much, man. If I go to a fucking show or if I'm on tour, I watch every band, mm -hmm. you know, I, I don't like just hang out in the backstage area, like talking shit, you know, it's like, there's, you, you know what term I fucking hate dude is. You know, they, they, you hear, I know, you know, people call, call people punishers. Yeah. 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 yeah I won't, that, I wish people would delete that shit from their fucking vocabulary because like a punish, are you fucking like, look, I get it. No one wants to hear your life story in fucking five minutes. Like, you know, there, people are weird and intrusive and, you know, bothersome. And I get that, but guess fucking what? Like, who you think's buying your records? Right. You know? So, fuck you for talking about Punishers, dude. It's, I, I don't, I don't like it, man. It's like, it's so, it's just disrespectful. Like, I, God forbid someone likes your band and wants to talk to you about it. Right. You know, I, 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 I don't like it either. I don't like being, you know, assumed shit by other people that I don't know or bothered when I'm just trying to, like, whatever, have a drink or, put my gear away but you you just deal with it man like i don't know i think it's really i think it's it's rude man oh i, I don't like i i ahead. agree yeah like there's there's certainly like a time and a place i think where it's perfectly acceptable to be like hey man like i need a little space like if you don't mind like give me like five minutes and like i'll come back and i'll find you and like we can talk more you yeah know? for sure versus versus like hey dude like go away you know or like hey i don't have time right now you know i mean it, you're totally right it's like dude these people are the ones buying your records paying to come see you perform like the very least you could do is give them five or ten minutes of your time like exactly dude i and it's like to take to take fans for granted 
mm-hmm. bothers me. I see, I've, I've seen it for the last 10 years on the road and especially with bigger bands, mm-hmm. you know, and not all of them, you know, there, there's some truly genuinely great people, but like, you know, who I look up to is like Joan Jett, right? Mm-hmm. After every show, she stays until the last fucking person is gone. And she signs every autograph. Dickie Barrett from the Mighty Mighty Boston's signs every fucking autograph will talk to every single person in the crowd i mean that's what i that's who i look up to you know that those are that's how i want to be seen as a person right and um you know not like anyone's like sticking around asking for my autograph but (laughs) i just mean like you know that's like how that's how it things should be man you know i can't tell you like one time i met (laughs) One time I met Trevor from Face to Face. It was like one of my favorite bands. And I was like, hey, man, you know, like, can you take a picture with me? And he was like, all right, man, fucking make it quick. I don't want to be doing this like picture taking shit. And I was just like, it just bummed me out. I'm like, like, okay, I get it. Like, fine. You don't want to do, you don't want to take pictures with everyone in the fucking bar. But like, what's the, really? What the fuck do you, what do you care, dude? Yeah. What do you care if you take a fucking picture with me? Um, I don't know, dude. I just don't want to be like that. If someone wants to take a picture with me, I'll take a picture with them. Yeah. Not make a big deal about it. Yeah. No, I I, I, I applaud you for it, dude. It's I've certainly come across some people before who, unfortunately, yeah, like mo- mostly, you know, bands that are a little higher up on the, the echelon, but I don't know. Th- thankfully, I've run like like I've I've met Dickie Barrett a couple times, and like, dude, he is a very very cool dude. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I I have a very, I have a a really life changing story with that. In when I was fourteen, I went to go see the Offspring, the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones, and the Living End on the Americana oh. tour. Woo. And my sister got me into the Miami my Boston. She gave me Devil's Night Out when I on tape when I was a kid. Just one of those things, man, you know? And um, so she had this old shirt that had the bulldog on it and said, don't know, or don't know how to, or no, no it says anything goes on the back of it. It was from the, it was from the um, don't know how to party record. So yeah. it was like 93. And I used to wear that shirt, that shirt every time I would go see the Boston. Cause I would go see them every time they were in Ohio. And at that show, after they get done playing, he's walking, he's just walking around and he comes up to me and he goes, Hey, he goes, where'd you get that shirt? Like I spotted you on stage. Cause like that shirt's so old, man, you know? And I told him about my sister and he's like, dude, he was like, walk with me. And I'm like, what? So it's like, it was an outdoor venue. You know, so we walked around the whole, the whole place and the whole time, He's buying me shit, right? He's like, you want a hot dog? You want some candy? Like, I'm 14. I'm a kid, you know? Yeah. And he's like, uh, he made a joke about like, he's like, what, you want some Offspring merch? You know, like he was, he's like kidding. But like, like, it was just, I don't, I don't know if that those are the correct details. It was so long ago. But I remember being like, as an adult thinking about it. And I'm like, this guy just needed to fucking talk to somebody, dude. You know? And he picked me and he was so nice and kind to me for no reason at all. And then when we got to the end of the walk, he was like, Hey, great talking to you. I'll see you around. And like, 
I couldn't have asked for a better experience that I'll hold on to for the rest of my life because you're right. The guys, he was a nice guy. And that's, that's how I, that's how I want to be to people. I want to be a nice, a nice dude. And I think punk rock and alcohol and drugs and everything that's involved in that lifestyle can turn you into a fucking dickhead pretty quick, man. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm grateful for Dickie Berry. Yeah, dude, I am too. I, dude, the Mighty Mighty Boston's are like easily one of my favorite bands within, you know, punk as a whole, you know, and I've seen them many times and I've been fortunate to play with them before. And oh, wow. Yeah, just, that's like a dream of mine. Oh, dude, it was like a dream come true, dude. I mean, and it's so like, it's so silly to like think about it. It's like, oh, it was a dream come true, but it was, dude. Like, you know, I was, I was infatuated with that band when I was a, little, when I was a lot younger. And then like to dude, have the opportunity too. to play with them, I was just like, dude, this is awesome. And they were so chill. Like they were all super cool dudes, you know, and they, mm -hmm. they had no problems with us, like hanging out with them backstage. It wasn't even an issue. Like it didn't even yeah. get brought up, you know, everyone's and just cool. Just super chill. Yeah. Like my, my, my drummer, like smoked weed with a trombonist, you know, it's just like, mm -hmm. you know, like super mellow, you know? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I love hearing, I love hearing that shit. Yeah. Well, dude, thanks for sharing those stories. Um, and yeah, I've got I've got a couple more questions for you. Thank you for your time. Um, so the, a, couple, a couple of questions that I like to ask everyone. First one being, who are some bands that you think absolutely need to be on people's radar right now? Yeah, that's a tough one, man. I, obviously, per this whole conversation. Um, Wonk Unit from, uh, from London, I think. Um, I'm going to go ahead and put that one up there with as my top answer. Okay. If I, because I, I, I don't want to sit here and like try to like, uh, I think of somebody just to give you an answer. Um, wonk unit and house ghost, you know, that's another man. I mean, I, I tried to avoid like doing the whole, like, bands on my label thing but um yeah I, I think that it's just an amazing record and and people seem to have really liked it so um yeah wonk unit and house ghost cool yeah I'll, I'll definitely include some links for both of those bands um, and i know that you know with house ghost uh it's one of the records that you recently released so mm -hmm. yeah um but yeah, thank you for that. And you already mentioned a few bands earlier in the episode too that were worth were notable. So, you know. So okay, good. Uh, well, I, I hope because I I I, I certainly I certainly remember talking a whole lot of shit, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't... <laughs> no, yeah. Um, well, yeah. Th thanks for that. And then, um, yeah, this last question. I know people either love or they hate this, or a mix of both. But you know, if you had to pick only five records to have with you, if you were, you know on a desert island trapped and you know these were the only records you could have what would they be uh, yeah i wrote them i wrote them down hold on and okay and these are going to be like you'll see so okay the first one would be the the misfits box set sure i know that's cheat that's cheating <laughs> but if it all comes in one compact thing you remember it was like the coffin case and shit and it was like so that would be one because i think that it has mostly everything from collection one and two plus the evil live shit so mm -hmm. that would be one okay the second one would be 
Where the oh? Did I just delete my fucking list? Hold on. Oh no. <laughs> Wait. Hold on. Okay. Here. Um, I used to say Sandinista mm-hmm. because it's a triple album, but I'm gonna go with uh London London Calling. Uh, because I, I I think the Clash is just a perfect band in terms of like covering all the bases of all the things that I like reggae, ska, punk rock. Um, and just like just immaculate songwriting lyrics that make you, you know, think, um, you know, and, 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 and Sandinista is not my favorite class record. It's just the longest one. So I was like, right. I, 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 and it had like career opportunities. I was the thing I could get away with, but no, I, uh, London calling, um, would be my second one. Okay. Uh, the third one would be, it would have to be like, um, like a, a Motown's greatest hits or something like uh, something that I like that all that sixties, like really just God, those pop songs are just amazing, dude. You know? I, I, and like, I love that music. And, and when it's, when it's good, it's so good. And um, there's many, like, like I love the Delphonics and like there are band, there are groups that I could, that I could pick that I would like to take a record of. But since that style of music is so great to me, I think it would have to be like, you know, a, a greatest hits across the board. Yeah. I, I like that. Yeah. I think that totally works. Mm-hmm. Um, the third, uh, fourth one would be uh, ready to die um, by notorious B.I.G. Mm. Cause I grew up listening to hip hop. And um, I just think like it, w- it was either that one or Outcast Equemini. Mm. Those records, you know, I always thought it was ready to die as like like the ABCs of rap. Like if you wanted to fucking learn how to rhyme and fucking rap and listen to a, a some some gangster ass shit, some real shit, that's the record. You know, that's the record you listen to. Yeah, I, that's one thing I didn't mention is like. I listen to rap music, like, like hip hop, like, you know, mostly when I was growing up, I was playing punk bands, listening to rap music. I, cause, cause I hung out with like skateboarders, you know what I mean? We didn't like, I hung out with a lot of black people. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, that was the music that we listened to Wu Tang, you know? Well, I mean, punk and hip hop, like ride a very similar like parallel line you know like oh yeah in terms of like the the feeling like the the emotion i mean like the the culture it's a little bit blurry in terms of the culture itself but like you know like skateboarding like rides right along that same parallel totally like both of and those it's, genres, you know? it's so. funny you mentioned that because a couple years ago this guy um this guy philly phil is an old, older black dude who's been around forever and he would bring all the like the hip-hop acts to to dayton you know and epmd fucking wu-tang like oh he, he was the dude you know he was sure. the promoter and then i remember one time he brought like uh richie ramon to the bar and um we were talking about it and he was like he was like yo he was like i was booking punk rock shows before hip-hop was really a thing you know what i mean and so like because you know he knew him and i thought that was just like and that's where it does like hip-hop and punk rock have always transcended um 
just an attitude and really the birthplace. I mean, New York City in the fucking 70s, it's like it, yeah. it all, you know, they, they're a lot more in common than people, you know, think. Um, so Ready to Die. And then the last one, I can't give you a particular album, but I, what I was going to do is like it would have to be some type of 90s emo record um like like american football's first album or something no that's a little too that 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 that, that's a little too much for me okay um (laughs) you know even like like i love mineral but even that gets to like the like where i'm starting to be like "Mm -hmm." okay um i would go so far as to be like um like pop unknown or like that like one of those early jimmy world records or clarity or something uh, yeah. yeah clarity i would even go bleed american mm-hmm. i think that's a i think that's an that record gets an a plus for me mm-hmm. um or um you know maybe uh a, a, a braid record or even like I, I even an early sam i am record i would throw in there with that type of category um and actually hold on it's funny that you because because like i never get to talk about like my love for like real emo you know um but there was like a couple records that i had uh that i had like uh yeah like braid or yeah jawbreaker i mean i guess they're not really like an emo band but these are all bands that i kind of put up in you know, maybe one of those through being cool, maybe, you know. Yeah. Texas is the that, reason, you know. Texas is the reason for I mean, that, sure. That album for me is like easily like one of the the, the genre defining records, you know, within emo. Um, with uh, the, what the fuck was that? The white record. Uh, yeah. Uh, um, do you know who you are? Yeah yeah with, with that song back into the left on yeah. it is that yeah yeah i mean that th- those are great you know um i liked seaweed i liked um oh seaweed some- is one of those bands that i think is completely undersung like they're incredible yeah yeah, it, yeah. I, what was the other one um what the fuck uh oh yeah i mean i i, I there was like a point where like you know, I liked one of those Juliana Theory records back in the, you know, like shit that like I can't, I can't really necessarily like listen to now and be stoked on. Sure. But a lot of those things were times and places, man. You know, like you, you, I would even throw them there the 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 fucking Cap and Jazz record, the Alpha Beta Polyology record. You know, like that. That could do it for me, yeah. you know. It, it's got it, it's got everything. But rights of spring. I mean, emo gets a bad name now, but when I hear emo, that's I think of like Fugazi. I, you know what I mean? Like sure. I think of like yeah. starting starting with that and um, going forward for whatever that ten years. But there is this band called Pop Unknown, and they put out a record on Deep Elm or, or Jade Tree. It was one of the two. I can't remember. They put out two records. And the second one, the August Division, is um, a steady top ten in, in, in my life. Like, I don't know what it was. but And also, I mean, I don't know. I know we're going off topic, but, like, Weezer's the Blue Album. Yeah, I, 
it, the, I, there's never a time that that record will come on that I will skip a song. Yeah, it's a pretty pretty much perfect record. Yeah, it's a perfect record, and it's like it's funny. It's like one of those bands that like like the Pinkerton is probably my favorite, but we but the Blue Album is the best one. Does, you know, does that make sense? Like <laughs> totally, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah like people 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 generally like cite pinkerton as like being the one like the album that like kind of made them weezer but i mean clearly yeah. the blue album is like the better album. A better, yeah it's a better album yeah yeah for sure <laughs> yeah. well yeah no i think that's a great list and uh you know i'm always fascinated to hear what people have to say uh and i yeah i think you have a nice uh list there like you know covers a lot of different categories. like the clash is like the the one band that kind of keeps coming up like people generally cite the clash. Uh, I think it's nice than- to hear. I mean, could you imagine, you know, like, like what a fucking amazing band, dude. I mean, yeah. you read the lyric. It's like, I, I remember like reading the lyric, like to Spanish bombs mm-hmm. and we're like, what the fuck are they talking about? And then reading about what they're talking about. And it's just like, how, how do you, how does a man write a song like that? That's amazing. Right. It's a, they've constantly, you know, impressed me my entire life. Yeah, I think I think the Clash. I mean, deservedly so. I think the Clash will will go down in history as like one of the most important bands of of the entire, you know, rock and roll, you know, yeah. in general. You know, so no, I think I think that's I think that's awesome, man. But uh, Josh, I know you've got a lot of stuff going on. It's been a pleasure having you on the show, and you know, I appreciate just everything you're doing with Rad Girlfriend. I'm stoked to hear about what's going on with Raging Nathans and, you know, we didn't really cover much with the dopamines, but I know you've got like a, you've got your hand on like a bunch of different projects. So I'm sure that there will be more coming down the pike, but um, yeah, congratulations on everything. And thanks again. Thanks, man. We'll talk to you real soon. Yeah. Yeah, dude, Andy, thank you so much for having me. And if you ever want to, you know, we could do a whole another podcast on the old dopamines. Yeah. So. Maybe we will. <laughs> oh, God. All right, Josh, talk to you soon. Hey, thanks, man.